to the series of psychology podcasts hosted by the secretaries of psychology. In this series, we will be exploring a wide range of psychological topics and the intricacies of the human mind, providing listeners with a deeper understanding of themselves and the world around them. I am your host, Ilham Fatini, and today uh, we'll be talking with Dr. Pam about the bur- uh, concept of burnouts and language and how to manage these challenges. Uh, a small recap about the previous episodes. Uh, in the previous episodes, we discussed the psychology of procrastination, insights into the student productivity with Sister Adila. So today we are joined with uh, the Pamilia. Uh, I would like to welcome you to the uh, podcast. Thank you so much, Ilham. Uh, so a little background story on Dr. Pamelia. Uh, she is an esteemed professor at IUM Department of Psychology. Uh, she holds a PhD in psychology and has a vast expertise in positive psychology and sports psychology. Her insight teachings has enriched uh, the lives of numerous students. So today, Dr. P- uh, Pam, uh, you would like to talk about uh, burnout and languishing, right? Yes, right. So what are the... Uh, let's say the common effects of burnout. What are the common signs in, like, let's say, a student uh, uh, that may like appear in them? Like, what ca- can they use to like identify, like, oh, I have burnout, oh, I have languishing. Yeah, that's a very actually very good topic, and I, I like that you came up with this particular topic also. You know, and uh, thank you so much for that question, Ilhan. So one of the very common signs of burnout. Um, is, so languishing and burnout have different meanings. So if we talk about burnout, there are very common signs. You can look at it as physical symptoms where it's kind of like a manifesting as psychosomatic symptoms, which means that your psychological symptoms of extreme stress and burnout is now kind of like manifesting in a physical way. It's showing up in your body as physical ailments such as migraine, headache, or even flu symptoms, or even sore throat, or it's coming up as um, symptoms of for example, uh, back pain, chest pain, these are very common symptoms, an inability to sleep. So that's one of the symptoms physically or emotionally. Suddenly somebody feels very sad, low mood, and they suddenly feel like um, they have a loss of interest in doing anything that they used to like. Or even you can say socially, they feel withdrawn, they want to isolate themselves. So you can see that all of these like psychosocial symptoms happening in somebody who has uh, burnout symptoms and it starts to like take over. I see, I see. What about languishing? Okay, so languishing is a very interesting term. I think it's not very commonly heard before. But languishing is... It's, it has a lot of similarities with burnout in the sense that they, it's, it's also another kind of a symptom whereby someone has an overload of things that they're going through and they have too many things that they are facing. But in languishing, the difference is while burnout has got extreme stress, languishing has got numbness, a sort of feeling of meh or you know that kind of a feeling of like um like you just feel like um numb stuck stagnant they kind of feel like there's no emotion they feel if you want to say kosong they just feel Mm -hmm. very very numb and stagnant and stuck so when someone feels languishing they're not able to really go towards feeling and expressing their emotions yet but they're in a state of stuckness and they feel stagnant so try to imagine a graph whereby In this graph, there are different spectrums. So in languishing, they have very low 
um, you can say very low mental health symptoms, mental health issues. So their mental health uh, issues in terms of like problems with their mental health and psychological functioning is very low. But also in the mental well-being and mental wellness part is also low. Is it almost like time freezes, you know? Yes, almost like that. Yeah, you could say that. Like time freezes, like time emotion stops. freezes. Yes, yeah. like it freezes, like nothing's like going on, like nothing's moving. Yes, you could say that. So they're neither happy nor are they very sad. They are neither um, extremely low in terms of psychological functioning, neither are they happy and fulfilled. They're so, like neutral. Yes, they're not even, you can say like they're not even neutral, they just feel like nothing at all. So they're not at a neutral. It's like kind of sounds a bit more stable and balanced. But this one is emptiness. It's emptiness. Yes, yes, exactly. I see. I see. It's quite interesting. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, burnout can have a significant impact on a person's overall well-being. So uh, and also maybe even languishing. But what are like the ways that uh, if someone suspected that they have, like what are the ways that they can like either avoid it or like how are they able to manage? the burnout or the languishing? Yeah, I think one of the main ways is if you are having it, so let's talk about maybe how to address it if you are having it. So if you are going through any of these symptoms, I think one of the first things that we need to do is first acknowledge that we have it and then embrace that feeling because that represents something in our life. It's showing us an indicator that this is overloaded, this is too much, This is you are overwhelmed right now. Like shows that you're still human, you're not like a Yes, machine. exactly. It, it reminds us of that, I think, mm-hmm. that it's okay um, to not take a break. to be okay. Yeah, yeah. exactly. To it's okay to take a break. And I think that's one of the first things. And then also identifying the root cause of where this burnout is stemming from or where this languishing have, has actually begun and started. So we need to find out the root cause of it first. Once we know that, I think that's when we try to um, address those symptoms in a more problem-solving approach, focused way. And we try to see what can we do about it right now? How can I bring meaning into my life? How can I slowly prioritize my self-care and slowly sort of like um, manage these symptoms you know, gradually? I see, I see. What about uh, languishing? Like, is there any ways, like, is it similar to burnout or uh, is there, like, another step or, like, different steps that you have to take to, like, uh, manage it or, like, to not feel no emotion? Yeah, I think one of the things that we can do is for languishing is finding out what is your intrinsic motivation once more. So for students out there, what is your intrinsic motivation of taking your course? And um, what is your main motivation behind wanting to come to UIA to study? To find the passion again. Yes, to redefine your passion, redefine your values and your goals, finding your anchor. So usually we all have an anchor of what keeps us going, what makes us have a meaning to wake up the next morning. So finding your anchor again and engaging in activities that bring meaning in your life. For example, um, try to like find the things that really make you feel happy then you get into a state of flow sort of and then try to also maybe this is a problem that I have too but <laughs> limit your overcommitment. Um, try to over, uh, maybe limit and also avoid over promising and under delivering and over you know getting uh, involved too much uh, the high expectations <laughs> yes exactly the high expectations <laughs> yeah so I think this is some of the things that we can slowly bring meaning and life back into ourselves I see, I see. Very interesting topic. Uh, Are there any more, what do you call it? Uh, Not to say uh, symptoms, but like what might have been like the cause? Like what could be uh, some of like the root, especially in students, like some of the root causes for like, let's say burnout or languishing. Like what 
make it happen? I think um, if I can relate to some examples of what I've seen in real cases, right? One of the main causes of this burnout symptoms or even languishing, we can also look at it from that way, is lots of, um, you can think of it as the biopsychosocial approach, actually. So biologically, maybe they're not having enough rest or sleep. Mm-hmm. And then maybe also there's like, um, there's, there's not a fixed pattern of like daily good, happy routine. Like no schedule? Yeah, probably. They don't have enough time to even exercise and do things that make them feel happy. Actually, exercising is not only for your body, it's also for your emotions as well and for your mind. And also from the psychological part, they could be suffering from um, issues, interpersonal issues, even at home. They might be suffering with interpersonal issues with their friends in their circle. Like it affects them. Yes, it, it affects them. They could be also suffering from so like um, emotion. So also socially also they could be suffering. So I think all of these aspects could be affecting them. Not just studies. I mean, uh, there are so many parts to a student's life and I think I can see that some students are functioning so well in their studies but in other aspects outside their studies they could be really suffering there. So there could be family issues that are not dealt with, grief issues that they haven't resolved yet, maybe issues with their family of maybe the feeling of neglect or feeling of um, burnout in terms of having to be the one who cares for everybody at home, having to be the one who provides and does all the work at home. So it could be so many things at home as well. Or it could be uh, in their mahala right now, they're also Mm. facing issues with their friends, their close circle. Even these things can affect a student as well. True, true. Uh, so, uh, thank you for your insight today about uh, burnout and languishing. They were very, what do you call it, very incredible value, uh, valuable information, new knowledge for those who don't know about uh, languishing or like those who do know about burnout but don't know like certain things about uh, burnout. I'd like to thank you for sharing your uh, expertise today with our listener. So, I have a few questions. Uh, one is... What is positive psychology? And the second is uh, from a positive psychology uh, approach. How do you think we can apply its principles and models in our life? And then the third one is for further clarification. Uh, how can it contribute to, for instance, a university uh, perspective? And then the fourth is how does positive psychology differ from other fields of psychology? Okay, let me see if I can remember the, all of this. Okay, <laughs> I, can, I can repeat it again. If, if okay, all right. So the first one, what is positive psychology? So um, I, I like when I, when I actually first started to study about positive psychology, it was really interesting because it differs from other domains in the sense that positive psychology strives to look at what's right in a person. It strives to look at how can I use your available strengths to bring you to another level of flourishing, So flourishing is a huge part in uh, positive psychology. How can I bring you from the state of where you are and bring you to another level to bring your well-being or your utilization of strengths and values up to another level? So it talks about using what's right in this person and how can I bring them to another level? Rather than it's a bit different from other fields, whereby other fields will try to maybe dissect uh, what what might be the issue facing this person, what might be... 
the root cause facing this person, what exactly might be the symptoms facing this person, and how do I treat the symptoms? What's wrong with the person? How do I diagnose them and treat them? Which is not wrong. We need that too. But it's just that this is another approach of dealing with people as well. Instead of focusing on what's what's wrong with them maybe, or maybe what, what they're going through, it's more like, what's right with you? What's going well with you? Yeah. How do we leverage on that? It's like bringing out the inner beauty in oneself. Yes, exactly. Yeah, Bringing out your values, your strengths, is a lot about that. And how do we use that in your life to bring you to another um, step in life? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So your second question was... Um, uh, from a positive psychology approach, how do you think we can apply its principles uh, to our daily life? Okay, that's a very good question, Ilham. Thank you so much. I think we need to know some tips and tra- techniques, right, in positive psychology yes. too. So I want to share with you this model called the PERMA model, which is very famous by the founder of positive psychology, Martin Seligman. And he says that what if we look at these particular components in life that can help promote well-being. So for example, the acronym is PERMA. So P-E-R-M-A. So the P stands for positive emotions. So as we kind of like do engage in activities that bring us a lot of um, joy, positive emotions, or even a hobby, these can enhance your emotional well-being. But it's not going to a deeper level yet. It's just like we feeling happy when we do something nice. Like me coming here, talking to you, Mm -hmm. I feel happy. So it's positive emotions. (laughs) And then the E part will be engagement. So engagement here is us trying to do some achievable goals and uh, hobbies and things that make us happy. So um, manageable steps to achieve our activities. This is the engagement that we do in our life, things that bring us meaning. This is some of the components that can also make us happy. That's the E part. Then we have R. Okay, this one is um, definitely a given. We know that R, relationship, is very important for happiness. Yeah, We need to have interpersonal good relationships and intrapersonal. So intra is us being at peace with ourselves also. Do we like ourselves? Self-love. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. A lot of times we focus on loving others, but we forget that we need to love ourselves too. So I think that part is very important. So the R part, the relationship, loving your neighbor as you would love yourself, loving, you know, having a good relationship. And then we have the M part, which is uh, meaning. So are you actually reflecting on your values and your long-term goals every day? You're working towards that. Are you actually finding meaning in what you're doing? Are you rediscover your sense of uh, meaning and purpose? So that's the M. Then the A, kind of like thinking about uh, accomplishments. What can I do? What are your small wins every day? It doesn't have to be a huge accomplishment for you to feel happy. It can be a small win. Yay, today I was able to wake up early. Even that's an accomplishment. I'm able to get out of bed. Exactly. You know, some people who are going through depressive symptoms, even that is a huge accomplishment for them. And that's a great thing to celebrate. Or even I was able to accomplish uh, this particular portion of my assignment. That's a huge thing to celebrate as well. Uh, It's the baby steps. Yes, exactly. The baby steps, definitely. So how to apply it in our life? So think about this weekend. Okay, this is a long weekend. (laughs) I mean, if you're listening to it before the weekend, which is the Deepavali weekend. So think of it as what can I do to incorporate P-E-R-M-A in the next few days? How can I make that now a habit and then a lifestyle that I can always think about that? I think these things will help to remind us of that. So I think these are some of the things that you can do. So uh, the third question, for further clarification, uh, how is how can it contribute to a college perspective or a like university's perspective? 
Okay, so in a college or in a university perspective, so think about, for example, that PERMA model that I was sharing with you just now. I want to share with you another model as well. Um, how can you, you apply this in your student life? So there is a theory called the broaden and build theory. Broaden and build. So you're going to broaden your, uh, kind of like broaden your emotions and then you're going to build on your mindset. So a little bit like that. So this theory actually was proposed by um, this psychologist called Barbara Fredrickson. So I like this because she talks about how you can uh, build, you can actually like broaden on your positive emotions and that will build your mindset to help you identify more resources in your life, identify more good things in your life, spot more opportunities, and that's going to increase your emotions even more, and that's going to build on your mindset even more. So it's like an upward spiral kind of a technique. It's like the, what do you call it, Malay idiom, it's like sikit-sikit jadi bukit. Yeah, exactly, like literally, yes, <laughs> happening. Yes, yes, exactly. So it's like thinking of yourself as a reservoir of emotions that you need to invest in. So I like this analogy that I found. It says that imagine that your emotions are a treasure chest Mm -hmm. And every time you feel low or down or you feel like you're burning out or you feel numb or you feel nervous, open, use your magical key to open that treasure chest and try to see what can you do to foster positive emotions you can, that you can, first of all, you need to fill that chest, right? Mm -hmm. So start with the first step. How do I fill that chest with positive emotions? So maybe doing something you love, something as simple as having self-care, you know, like, eating your favorite food at Kenny Hills once in a while, for example, <laughs> or doing something that you love, watching your favorite Netflix series. You don't have to feel guilty to do that. It's something that mm -hmm. brings you joy. And then doing something that, that also gives you meaning, like maybe in prayer, in, in zikir, in also doing your assignment. All these things are small wins that give you positive emotions. So now you're filling your chest already, your treasure chest. So now whenever you need to actually, you feel very down or low, open that treasure chest and then you will get more more positive emotions coming up. Like and they reminisce in the memories of like the good times? Yes, you can do that or even engage in that again as well. I so see. then you are promoting even more positive emotions. And according to this theory, right, when you start to have these positive emotions um, broadening inside you, you will automatically be building on your mindset to think of more ways that you can function, more opportunities that are around you, you'll start to feel like, okay, how can I actually like, um, like, like identify more resources in my life? How can I actually leverage on more things in my life? You become more flexible, you become more creative, more adaptable. So you have the superpower that's building up inside of you and you're able to have this extra, um, like you can say, positive emotions from your chest that suddenly comes to you. And like you feel like it's... Off. Emotions. Yes, exactly. And it becomes bigger and bigger the more you invest in it. Mm. See, it's very interesting, very interesting. So, um, the fourth and last question. How does positive psychology... Wait, have we talked about that? How does positive psychology differ from other fields of psychology? Okay, so I think another way that you can look at how positive psychology differs from other fields is that even the name... Um, comes to say the positive psychology, right? So in some other fields, you might learn about uh, learned helplessness, which is a term that a lot of psychology students are very familiar with, which means that some people learn to be helpless because of past, a series of past setbacks. And then it's happened too many times that they suddenly learn that 
this is how my life is going to be. Um, there's no use trying. I think I am going to be help, uh, helpless because I'm going to always have a setback. Things are too good to be true. Eventually, it will fail me. So don't try even. That's learned helplessness. But in positive psychology, I guess it's a, it opened up my view to another perspective whereby you learn about learned optimism. So just like you can learn to be helpless, you can also learn to be an optimist. So if you are a pessimist out there, it's okay. It's not too late for you. You can learn how to be an optimist while also being careful to not have toxic positivity. I think that's a very important part also. So being positive without being toxic in that sense. Uh, can you give us an, an example of positive toxicity? Yes, okay. So toxic positivity is a little bit like, um, I always tell my students this, if you watch the movie Lego Movie, then you <laughs> see this character there called Princess Unikitty. <laughs> so she is opposed to any kind of negativity, including any negative thoughts. So when you say to yourself that there's no room for any negative thoughts, it becomes dangerous because you tend to suppress. So uh, a very famous quote from her is like, um, <laughs> there's no room for negativity. Any negative thought you push down deep down inside where you'll never ever find them. So that's the dangerous part because you can notice that in the end, she kind of like bursts and loses her cool. Yeah. So I think it's very um, it's very real when you look at our lives as well. It's because like bottled up emotions. Yes, it's like a, a time bomb waiting to explode. Yeah. So it's just like if I say to you, Okay, everyone listening in right now, do not think about um, like the pink uh, elephant, right? The famous example. Or do not think about, let's say, uh, the pink uh, tiger, for example. Did you just see a pink tiger or pink elephant in your mind? As I, as I just said that. Because our brains try to, it kind of like doesn't really recognize the word don't or do not. It, it kind of, the more you say do not, it kind of like goes in the opposite direction of that. So it's that kind of... Um, you can say that reciprocity that actually happens. So it's kind of like the rebellion. They yes. want to do it even if they can't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it kind of goes in that way. So that's why it's very important for us to allow um, these kind of emotions to pass through us. So it's like the, the term goes like, it's okay not to be okay, right? So imagine that your mind right now is a clear canvas of blue sky. Every thought that enters our mind is a cloud. It can be a positive thought. It can be a negative thought. It's a cloud in our sky. It's going to come. Cl sky will have clouds. So when that cloud comes by us, embrace it. If it's positive, cherish it and then let it pass you by. If it's negative, it's a gray cloud. Try to identify what exactly is causing me to have this thought, this gray cloud. Where is this thought coming from? And what can I do today to address this thought? Is this thought a fact or my assumption? Is it something that I can do within my control or outside my control? And if it's outside your control, then let it pass you by. If it's within your control, what can you do to address that cloud? But allow it to pass you by. Do not say, no room for you cloud, get away. It's going to make it louder. The more you said, don't cry, don't think about it, don't, the more louder it will become. And that's when it becomes toxic. See, mm, I see. Very interesting information today. Is there any uh, platform you want to share or any uh, information you want to share with the listeners? Like maybe your, how they could contact you or something like that? I think um, one of the ways they could contact me is um, they can always email me. And they also know where my office is on level five. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and they can also maybe contact um, us at impact um, at 
if you don't mind, or even PSU. So I think all of these avenues would be okay. And they can also come and, you know, sometimes if they want to visit our class, <laughs> positive psychology, mm-hmm. you can always come because I think this positive psychology is something that you can definitely use in your life. And it's something very important for you to actually apply. I'd like to thank you again for joining us today on this podcast, for being our second guest. And uh, thank you for the viewers for tuning in to this episode. Uh, Join us next time for another insightful exploration of psychological topics. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much.